This is Steve with Restless the Podcast, and this is Press On. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Well, Christmas has come and gone and the new year is upon us. For many of us, like the years before, so much energy, time, money, and worry went into trying to make one day of the year perfect. It feels like the holiday of Christmas is sold to us like an old used car. That if we do everything right, it will magically solve the problem of peace on earth and goodwill to men through the purchase of an abundance of gifts that we actually can't afford and now have to think about how to pay for them. We thought perhaps this one day families that have been fractured for years by long-standing disagreements or ideological difference, whose flames are constantly and intentionally stirred by entities that seek division, will be restored. Perhaps somehow the pain of a broken marriage or loss of a loved one can be mended and will, like a miracle, all make sense on this special day. There's been plenty of Christmases where a well-intended Steve thought that if he only bought this special gift for my wife or my family, all would be well. Only to receive a look and then a response of, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? What are we thinking? Perhaps that is the most important question that we all should be asking right now. What is Christmas all about? I love the line from a frustrated Charlie Brown who drills down through all the Christmas pageantry and relentless marketing and disappointment to ask, does anybody know what Christmas is all about? It's Linus who steps up to the plate and responds with words that are not his own, but those that come from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2. Written by Dr. Luke, probably overseen by the Apostle Paul, and most importantly, God breathed. Hear this masterpiece as Linus stepped up to the stage. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. The words Linus speaks has, since my childhood, stayed with me. But it's the words that come after this that spoke to me that God, in giving mankind the greatest gift in all creation, requires something from me, from all of us. 
Hear that next line in chapter 2 of Luke. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. There are a few things that we need to ask ourselves about these shepherds that speak to the nature and character of God and the child born in Bethlehem. Jerusalem, barely six miles away, contained the seat of government and religious authority and power, yet they were not on the invite list. These enlightened ones, had they done their homework, would have known the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah to Bethlehem. Bethlehem, whose name means the house of bread. It's no coincidence that this child, years later, would be called the bread of life. Yet, it was the lowly shepherds whom God first chose to receive this celestial announcement. It's consistent with the nature of God whom declared, The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. He prefers the unqualified, as the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1, 25-28. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. These last words, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God, they speak to me. For what possibly does the lowly have that they would boast about? What would make them think they are too strong, too powerful, too knowledgeable, too good to not heed the words of the often soft-spoken voice of the Lord? They have nothing. In the economy of the world, they are unqualified, but to the Lord their resume is perfect. Therefore, he chooses them. Because they are void of everything that would cause one to boast, they have nothing left except words like, Lord, why me? Who am I? I'm unworthy. And the words that God loves to hear most, let's go. For the God who sent his celestial message service to these lowly shepherds is the God who is nearest to the brokenhearted, whose spirits are crushed. And as the psalmist writes, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. Those who love him like Joseph, Moses, Miriam, Esther, David, Solomon, Ruth, the tax collector, the fisherman, the tecton, and a teenage girl who was troubled because of her lowliness that God would choose her to bear the Christ child. Her response, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. To a young missionary by the name of Jim Elliot, who was slain in the Ecuadorian jungle in 1956 while attempting to make contact with the indigenous tribe, with the word of God, he went. He said, let's go. It is these kinds of people that God has used and is using and will continue to use 
to accomplish his work. We came in this world with no physical things except our flesh, and we will leave it with less than that. Here are the words that Jim Elliot wrote just before he left this world. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. For those who hear the call on their lives to go, their decision will gain them the sight of the miracle and the eternal. His name is Jesus. Give me Jesus. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus
can have all this world, but give me Jesus.